Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is to see everyone attend church and hear from God daily through His Word. The Bible reveals God's responses to various situations, and through daily devotions, we can reshape our thought patterns, transform our minds, and become more Christ-like. Join us here every Monday through Friday as different pastors and leaders from Fusion Church provide insightful devotions and teachings based on the day's scripture. For the current SOAP reading plan, visit fusionchurch.cc soap and join us as we deepen our understanding and relationship with God. Good morning, Fusion. Happy Monday. Happy uh, start of a new day, a new week, right? It's so good to have you all this morning with us here on SOAP, whether you're joining us now virtually or joining us later on the podcast or the YouTube video. Um, it's always a blessing to see you all, quote unquote, see you all this morning. So we're going to dive in this morning, November 13th, into First Chronicles 25. So, um, real quick, if you haven't had a chance yet to get to your Bibles, do a quick second to grab it or flip through your app to get to it. Um, but before we begin, if you missed uh, Pastor Danielle's message yesterday, part three of our Jumping the Shame Train series, you want to watch it or listen to it or in some way catch it. It was so, so good. Word for everyone out there. All right. Especially, I think that this video, this uh, message especially is one you want to be able to watch on a video. She has some great visuals um, she used in it. So if you have a chance to catch it on YouTube, don't miss it. You, you, gotta, you just gotta watch it. All right. Trust me. Um, if you were there yesterday, we watched online, you know. Amen. Right. <laughs> um, again, we have a new, uh, some new stuff coming up in the weeks ahead. So if you haven't had a chance, make sure you're catching up with us, getting back into the body of Christ with us and seeing us on Sundays. All right. So let's pray in and we'll dive into First Chronicles 25. All right. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord God, for another day another week, God, another, another chapter of your word. I thank you, God, that you give so much to your people daily. God, give us this day our daily bread, whether it's bread physically that we need, bread um, for our mental health, our emotional health, our spiritual health, God. Pray, just give us our daily bread today, whatever that means for each of us. And God, let your word be that food, that nourishment we need right now in these moments, Lord. I pray for open eyes, open ears, open hearts and minds, God to receive the fullness of your word, to, to receive the revelation we each need. And God, just help us to see more of you, Jesus, in the midst of all of this. And you're going to be praying. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So First Chronicles 25. Um, I'm reading out of the New International Version and the NIV version. It's entitled The Musicians. So quick little aside. Uh, previously on Soap, dun, 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 um, David has been making preparations for his son Solomon to not only succeed him as the king, but to build the temple of, of God in Jerusalem. So you know, David's getting together with, um, he's gathering the, the practical needs, right? The materials and the resources from different countries, from the people, you know, to build, physically build the temple of God. But he's also working spiritually to prepare for the temple to be built. So he's been gathering up the Levite priests and the leaders of um, the people to prepare for this this temple, right? So we the last couple of night, the last couple of days on soap, we've been reading about um, you know, the priests and the leaders and how he's gathering them up. And today, today we're reading about the musicians he's gathering up. All right. So First Chronicles twenty five, starting in verse one. David, together with the commanders of the army, 
set apart some of the sons of Asaph, Haman, and Jenathan for the, for the ministry of prophesying, accompanied by harps, lyres, and cymbals. Here is the list of the men who performed this service. From the sons of Asaph, Zachor, Joseph, Nethaniah, and Azariah. The sons of Asaph were under the supervision of Asaph, who prophesied under the king's supervision. As for uh, Jedathan, from his sons, Gedaliah, Zerai, Jeshiah, Shemi, Hashabiah, Mattathiah, six in all, under the supervision of their father, Jedathan, who prophesied, using the harp and thanking and praising the Lord. As from Haman, his sons, Bukiah, Mataniah, Uzel, Shubel, and Jeremoth, Hananiah, Hanani, Eliatha, Gadatali, and Ramanti Ezer, Jasbekashah, Melothai, Halathar, and Mahaziah. All these were the sons of Haman the king's seer. They were given through prop. They were given him through promises of God to exalt him. God gave Haman fourteen sons and three daughters. All these men were under the supervision of their father for the music of the temple of the Lord, with cymbals, lyres, and harps, for the ministry at the house of God. Asaph, Jedathan, and Haman were under the supervision of the king, along with their relatives. All of them trained and skilled in music for the Lord. They number 288, young and old alike, teacher as well as student, cast lots for their duties. Verse 9. The first lot, which was Asaph, fell to Joseph, his sons and relatives. The second to Gedaliah, him and his relatives and sons. The third to Zachor, his sons and relatives. The fourth to Isri, his sons and relatives. The fifth to Nathaniah, his sons and relatives. The sixth, to Bukiah, his sons and relatives. The seventh, to Jezrela, his sons and relatives. The eighth, to Jeshiah, his sons and relatives. The ninth, to Metaniah, his sons and relatives. The tenth, to Shemi, his sons and relatives. The eleventh, to Azarel, his sons and relatives. The twelfth, to Heshabiah, his sons and relatives. The thirteenth, to Shubel, his sons and relatives. The fourteenth, to Metathiah, his sons and relatives. The fifteenth, to Jeremoth, his sons and relatives. The sixteenth, to Hananiah, his sons and relatives. The seventeenth, to Jeshbekashiah, his sons and relatives. The eighteenth, to Hananiah, his sons and relatives. The nineteenth, to Malathi, his sons and relatives. The twentieth, to Aliatha, his sons and relatives. The twenty-first, to Hothir, his sons and relatives. The twenty-second, to Gitalti, his sons and relatives. The twenty-third, to Mehezoath, his sons and relatives. The twenty-fourth, Tromonti Izer, his sons and relatives. Amen to God's word. All right, so 
Lots of names. So thank you all for your grace and patience going through all these names. <laughs> um, again, so we're seeing how you know the Bible is not just a, a spiritual record, but it's also a physical record, right? Of the people of Israel and keeping account of what's going on in these times, right? It's historical accounts of who and what and where and how many and everything that was going on, right? So take a quick second, get another sip of water if you need to. Let's dive in. All right, so starting off, back to the top, verse one. David, because I missed, I'll be honest, I missed, I missed this the first time I went through this chapter until I read some, some commentaries and did some more studying. So I'm, I want to make sure you don't miss this either. All right, verse one. David, together with the together with the commanders of the army, set apart some of the sons of Asaph, Haman, and Jedathan. So David, the king of Israel, mighty king David, chosen by God, he came to, together with the commanders of the army. The commanders of the army were part of helping to choose and build the temple of God in this manner. Why? I believe. Because he knew the important, I mean, I also read some commentaries as where it came from, but um, I, I, you know, I believe too that David knew the importance, not just of military strength, but of worship as a weapon. Amen. Like so much so that in choosing the musicians, like think about the people on, you know, on the platform on Sunday morning with us. If, you know, if we got together, you know, some of the, some like people from the 177th or some people from, you know, our police is our police force or our first responders, right? And we all came together to choose the people on the platform. Like they came out to auditions and like auditioned with the worship team, right? Because David knew that just as they need physical weapons and physical warfare, it's also spiritual warfare that they were going to face as a people. And let's be honest, they still are, right? And so having, you know, the commanders of the army come together to help choose and be a part of this process and and building up the musicians is so, so key. Because David, like I said, David knew the importance of having strong people, both in physical war and spiritual war. And plus, it also shows David as a good leader because he knew he could not make the decision by himself. And so he has his trusted people to counsel him, to come around him, you know, to, to help making these big decisions. You know, he was king. He had all the power in the kingdom. Of all, of all of Israel, and yet he still needed good leaders, find good leaders around them. Amen. And so it's really important this morning we don't, we don't miss that, right? That real, at ver, first verse really starts its whole chapter off on a really powerful note, right? It also brings us to our first application question this morning, if you're taking notes with us, right? So application question number one this morning is worship one of the weapons of your warfare? If not, make it right? If, Dave, if King David thought so, so should we. Worship is definitely a weapon we need to have in our arsenal to fight against what we're facing this morning or this week or in the season of your life. Amen. All right. Verse two. From the sons of Asaph, Zachor, Joseph, Nethaniah, and Azrela, the sons of Asaph were under the supervision of Asaph, who prophesied under the king's supervision. So, if you actually go back in the book of Psalms, so much of the book of Psalms was written by King David, right? But if you look, um, Psalms 50, as well as 73 through 89, they're actually Psalms of Asaph. Like we're actually seeing how, you know, 
And when you, when you find a name that appears multiple times in the Bible, it means something, right? And so we're seeing here how Asaph was such um, a gifted, such a, a spiritually anointed leader that his Psalms and his work are still around, you know? And we still see how, you know, how his legacy is still living out in the Bible. And why is that? Why is, you know, of all these, you know, 288 leaders, why are his Psalms some of the ones that stick around? Because I believe because of his leadership, his legacy he left behind, right? Because it says how he prophesied under the king's supervision, right? His sons were under him, but he was under the king. And that shows humility. It shows obedience. It shows respecting um, both governmental, like, you know, leadership, but also spiritual authority. Amen. And so when you have someone who follows authority, who walks and, you know, honors those around him, honors the giftings God's given him, that, you know, cares well for his family and his sons, that's that's a legacy that, that lasts, right? That's why his name and his psalms still stick around, right? On the verse three, another major leader in this whole uh, chapter, Jedathan, and lists out his sons, six in all, I'm not going to read them all again, six in all, under the supervision of their father, Jedathan, who prophesied, using the harp and thanking and praising the Lord. On this term, we talk about prophecy, right? What is the point of prophecy? What's the 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 motivation behind it, right? And it's, it's really to pronounce a message from God through divine or supernatural revelation or proclamation, right? Um, Paul speaks about this in 1 Corinthians 14. He says how uh, the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. The one who prophesies edifies the church. And so even though you know Paul's writing this centuries and centuries later, the purpose of prophecy was still the same back in the Old Testament, right? You know, in this case, Jedithun and his sons were under, you know, under him and under King David, pronouncing messages from God. You know, they're, they're receiving divine and supernatural revelation to build up, to strengthen, to comfort, to, you know, to glorify God and to build up his church, right? Again, that's why David saw this, this, um, area of ministry of leadership so so crucial because the army is great for protecting god's people but prophetic word and and worship is how you build up and you encourage and you strengthen and you comfort god's people right on a really personal level because you know not every person can go out to war not every person was able in that that time you know to go and and fight on the front lines but every person could still sing a song to God, right? Every person could be a part of that spiritual warfare of worshiping, right? And so David knew that there was hundreds of thousands of, of men to fight for Israel on the physical front, but on the spiritual front, he needs to have every, literally every single person, a part of worshiping and, and you know, getting strength and encouragement and edification for God's people, for his nation, amen? And I think it's really cool too here talking about, you know, he, um, Jedithan prophesied along with his gifts of the harp, you know, seeing that duality, right? Because we have more than one gift. You know, most people have, you know, if you go through, um, we had a great uh, time back in uh, February going through the different giftings that we can have as, as people, right? Um, if you go to fusionchurch.cc slash assessments, you actually can take a spiritual gifting test. 
you know, trying to get a little bit more, more insight to yourself, what those spiritual giftings might be, you know? And so it's really great, you know, to see how, how Jedithan is using those gifts he's been given. He knows his gifts, right? He's, he's working, he's, he's growing in his faith. He's having intimacy with God, right? He's learning from God, you know, what that revelation is of his gifts. So he can use them to build up God's people then, you know? And so it's a great, a great note for us. If we don't, if we know what those gifts are, let's be using those gifts. Let's be, you know, seeing what God has for us and the purposes and the plans and the giftings he has for us to build up his church. If you don't know those gifts, like I said, you know, take those assessments, come talk to, you know, to someone on staff here, go talk to a friend or connect group leader, you know, and say, Hey, what do you see that I'm not seeing? You know, what, what things can I be using to build up God's people and to glorify him? You know, cause I promise they're there. God gives all of us his gifts in different ways, different levels, right? We all have gifts we can use for his glory. And that's why I think it's so cool is his gifts of prophecy and musical talent in worship. They work best as long as all of our gifts work best through gratitude. He's using prophecy. He's using the harp and thanking and praising the Lord, right? Because it's one thing to have a gift. It's one thing to use a gift. But the best way to use that gift God's given you is with and through praise and gratitude. So that's the second application question, wrapping up this little verse up here. Second application question today, what gifts do you have? How are you, how are you using them to worship and give gratitude to God? Or additionally, next step, how are you using them to lead and serve in his church? Again, come talk to myself or another staff member. Talk to um, Pastor Brendan, whoever it is, about getting that spiritual giftings assessment so we can be a part of what, you want, what God wants to do in your life and through your life, through those giftings he's given you. Amen? All right. Moving down to verse four. Really step-by-step this morning, huh? <laughs> As for Haman, his sons, he lists them all out. I'm not going to read them all again. <laughs> um, all these were sons of Haman, the king's seer. They were given him through the promises of God to exalt him. God gave Haman 14 sons and three daughters. So we only know much about Haman as a background, right? But um, we can assume that he is someone who, again, God God really trusted, right? Because, you know, Luke 16, 10, you know, the verse, Isaiah was just reading the verse, you know, Isaiah has been memorizing the stuff from Fusion Kids. And this is one of the verses he's been memorizing from Bible Adventure in his classroom on Sundays, how Luke 16, 10, he who can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And so we see Haman as someone here who's been trusted with very much, right? He's got 14 sons. All his sons are in ministry. You know, they're working alongside him and to build up God's temple. So clearly, and also it also shows too how um, so Haman was the king's seer. A seer is someone who receives God's prophecy through visions, through dreams, you know, also it helps can also help interpret those dreams. So, so Haman was clearly someone that both God and David trusted in this in his leadership, right? To have so much responsibility, so much access to King David, so many, you know, sons and even daughters to raise up and be building this family up with, right? And so we see he's doing something right, right? And so cool seeing how not only is his trustworthiness and his intimacy with God allowing him to have not just a large family, 
but a family that's all serving in God's house, right? He's clearly leading by example and creating a powerful legacy for his family, you know? I love how it says, they were given him through promises of God to exalt him. And now we don't know those promises, right? It's not mentioned here in this chapter. And yet God still exalted him. Like that's a promise from God, right? And so I believe, my own discerning, I believe that God exalted him because he knew Haman could in turn go back and exalt him, right? We're seeing God exalted him through, through power and through position and through family and all this, like these great achievements, great successes in his life. And what did he do with it? Haman went right back and he exalted God in return, right? Through serving, through leading, through leading his family well, you know? And so we're seeing what's the lesson here, right? For us, you know, if God wants, if God wants to exalt us, if God wants to lead us into something new, we need to, need to give the exaltation right back to Him. Amen. We're not here to glorify ourselves. God's not going to glorify us. That's for, for sure, right? That's not His position. He, our job first is to glorify Him, and let God worry about anything else that comes from it. Right? God's job is to bless. Our job is obedience. Amen. And so we're seeing that right here in Haman, how he is coming around with, you know to be obedient to what God's called him to and seeing how much comes from that is such a, you know, encouragement to us, you know, in our own walks and our faith and our family, you know, in our workplaces, right? Be obedient to what God's calling you to and see where he wants to exalt you next in those areas of your own life. Verse six, all these men were under the supervision of their father, whether it was Asaph or Jedithan or Haman. For the music of the temple of the Lord, with cymbals, lyres, and harps, for the ministry at the house of God. And then Asaph, Jedithan, and Haman, it talks about under the supervision of King David, right? So all together, you know, the, these like the highest have highest, you know, the, the worship leaders with cymbals, lyres, harps, all those people come together. Number 288. So um, where did that number come from, right? If you're counting down, going back to verses nine to the end. There's 24 lots that are cast, right? Um, in the New International Version, if you're in my version, it's, it has each of the lot that was cast. And next to it actually has number 12. Showing each from each lot that was cast, there's 12 men from that, that tribe or that family that were then uh, chosen for that, that, letter, that level of leadership as musicians, right? And so 12 lots times 12 or sorry, 24 lots, I'm sorry, 24 lots that were cast times 12 men that were chosen each time equals 288, right? And you think why 12, right? What if someone had more people, less people, you know, why 12 per family? And really, um, in the Bible, the number 12 symbolizes God's power and authority, as well as serving as a, per a perfect foundation for a government, right? It also can symbolize completeness, you know, of the nation of Israel as a whole, and so looking at this, 24 times 12, all these denominations of 12, right? It's just multiplying, right? A literal multiplication of God's power and authority. Not only choosing leaders for the, the governmental foundation that David was using here in the temple, but leading his people in such a powerful way, such an, such an authoritative way in worship, right? Because it doesn't, doesn't say that David's army was chosen in this type of way, right? It was that his worship team. Musicians were chosen in this really powerful, authoritative way. 
And so we're seeing here how, that's what God's really showing in this, you know, this passage in these moments, you know, the power and authority that that David had, that these leaders have. And guess what? Nowadays we can have in worship, right? Taking the time to worship him, to glorify him. You know, when we come under obedience to somebody else in a leadership position, we come into, you know, submission and authority in healthy ways to healthy leadership. It gives us power and authority against anything else that's coming against us in our own lives, physically, you know, or spiritually. So going back, I think also really powerful too is in verse eight, you know, young and old alike, teacher as well as student, cast lots for their duties, right? There's equal opportunities no matter what age is going on here in this, this leadership dynamic, right? Equal opportunities across ages, teacher as well as student, right? Veteran, you know, long-time believer or new believer, right? In our time, our, our wording, right? To serve in God's house, you know? You know, First Samuel 16, if you, you know, weeks ago, months ago at this point, right? People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks, but the Lord looks at the heart. You know, God knew the heart of every one of those 12 men per family he called. All, every single one of those 288 people were cast lots, which means God specifically chose them right he knew the heart of all those people you know and and uh paul encourages timothy even you know first timothy four don't let anyone look down on you because you are young but set an example for the believers god was calling people from all walks of life all you know areas in those families all ages all levels of experience to be part of what he was doing to build up his people and and honestly that's a, i love that it's actually a value we hear we have here at Fusion too. Amen. Like if you're coming here to serve at Fusion, you'll find serving opportunities for all ages, you know, whether it's, you know, an outreach for kids or families, you know, to get involved. You know, we, we have Operation Christmas Child, you know, we were doing that this past, last few weeks. The last day is Sunday. If you haven't got your box in yet. Um, but, you know, so having Operation Christmas Child, having children, we will come and pack boxes, shoe boxes to bless another child around the world, you know. Um, we have Joy Week coming up, coming up for the Christmas season. Joy Week is a great opportunity for families and for kids to get together and serve and love in their communities, right? You know, teenagers serving on youth teams on Mondays or even having, you know, having teens who serve on our production teams, our kids teams, our special friends teams on Sunday mornings, right? Like we're, we're seeing teenagers even getting involved when we see us as adults live by example, right? We're seeing, you know, Asaph and Jedithan and Haman, who are leading by example for the younger generation. We're called to do the same. And we're seeing how we as a church, as a fusion church, are allowing that to happen, right? So application question here, closing out this uh, this section. How can you get involved in living by example and leaving a legacy for your kids or kids around you through serving? All right. So the last uh, few more than few verses. It's just the list of all the names, right? Verse 9 to 31, all the names and showing what the order they were and how, you know, um, there's 12 members of each of those families, right? So as we close out, some again, some recurring themes kind of summarize the whole chapter, right? Recurring themes. When you see a word that's used multiple times or a phrase used multiple times, dig into that word, right? That word means something. That phrase is, is there for a reason multiple times, right? So um, the biggest one this morning, under the supervision of, 
right? We saw that from the fathers to the sons, the fathers to King David, you know, we're seeing that that phrase, that theme under, under the supervision of leadership and spiritual order matter, right? As we honor one another, as we're submissive and we, you know, we allow to have you know, good, um, good leadership in our lives, we honor God, right? And we, we can also honor, honor God through honoring each other, you know? And so that's why if we're, if you're a leader, having a healthy leadership is so, so crucial, right? Because God's called you to be a leader, whether it's in the church or out of the church, right? It could be in the community, it could be in your workplace, right? God's called you to be a leader. Be aware of what you're doing, what you're saying, how you're leading, right? So God's called you to lead. He's called, he's called you to shepherd or to bring people underneath of you. It also means, A, we, we need to take care of them well and lead by example well. But B, no matter who you're leading or where you're leading, you also have a leader above you, whether it's another boss, another supervisor, either it's maybe a pastor, or if you're at the very top of the food chain, like Pastor Brennan always says, you know, he's, a, he's not the leader of Fusion Church. God is. God is all of our leaders. So no matter where you fall on that leadership continuum, honor your leaders well. So in turn, honoring our leaders well in a physical, you know, social way is a way of honoring God well. Our leader, our ultimate sovereign king, sovereign leader. Amen. Uh, two, big theme over all of this, leaving a legacy, right? We saw, you know, a few chapters before this from David to Solomon is a, is a legacy being left. And we're seeing Asaph, Jedaphan, and Haman to their kids and the Israeli people. They're leaving a legacy, right? And so that's why it's really key here, you know, having a legacy for the next generation. And, you know, we talk about the next generation is now. And we're not talking about 25, 30, 50 years from now. The next generation is here, right? So being able to leave that generation a legacy that means something. That seeing God's, you know, in this case, God's kingdom literally being built, his temple being built, right? Worshiping and prophesying and, and strengthening God's people, right? That's not, that didn't end back then. That's still going on now, amen? We still need his kingdom built here in South Jersey or wherever you're listening at, right? We still need to have next generation built up and God's people strengthened, right? And so being a part of leading that legacy is so, so crucial. So again, whether you're leading in the church, in the workplace, in your family, in, you know, and wherever you may be, you're leading for a reason. God's called all of us to be leaders in different ways. So spend some time with God this today or this week and find that reason. Find that way, you know, you can be leading someone in your own life well, as you are led well by God. Amen. Again, uh, another recurring theme, a phrase recurring, praising, thanking and praising the Lord with harps and instruments. These people are all 288 of them, right? Are called to serve God's people and his house. And they knew it was a privilege. And we, like we say on a Sunday, we get to do this here, right? You know, they got to do this. They got to be serving. They got to be leading. They got to be worshiping and using their gifts. You know, they weren't grumbling. You know, they didn't have a, a servant attitude of, oh, I'm just a servant. I'm just here to, you know, be abused and this and that. No, like they, they held their, high, their heads high in authority. You know, they got to do this. They got to thank and praise the Lord and lead others to do it, you know? So take some time again today or this week just to thank and praise God. We get to do that. He saved us. You know, he sent his son to the cross for us. We get to praise him. Amen. All right. 
Again, um, as we close out now, application questions. One, is worship one of your weapons of your warfare? Two, what gifts do you have? And how are you using them to worship and give gratitude to God? Or, further step, how are you using them to lead and serve in his church? Again, you know, talk to myself, another staff member. Check out uh, fusionchurch.cc slash assessments to get that spiritual gifting test and see what God has for you. Number three, how can you get involved in living by example and leaving a legacy for your kids or kids around you through serving? Amen. All right. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord God. We get to thank you. Simple as that. God, we get to come before you every single day with praise, with gratitude, God, for what you've already done for us. God, even in the midst of the situations we're struggling with this morning, things we're praying to you for, things we're, you know, we're working through still. Thank you for just being with us. Thank of you hear our prayers. Thank of you have our best in, in heart for you, for us. I pray now, Lord God, for continued wisdom, continued insight, continued revelation, Lord God. Keep opening our eyes and ears, opening our hearts and minds, Lord God, to your word and to ways we can further praise and give you thanks for what you've already done in our lives. Help us to have those opportunities, God, to lead others well by our example. Instill in us, Lord, praise in our hearts. Instill in us, God, a good example for others. Help us to lead and love and serve as you've called us to. We ask and pray all these things in your highest, holiest name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, Fusion Church. So good seeing you all. Have a blessed rest of your day, a blessed start to your week. And I'll talk to you soon.